sinners and saints. Dust off those horns and halos. It's time for Alec After Dark. I have to say, this past trip to Kroger for my grocery shopping turned into a little bit of an adventure. Once again, I'm prowling the aisles looking for my food when I stumble upon this unbelievably hot guy who must be new to Kroger. He is stocking shelves. I want to say cereal, not that that matters, but he has the most amazing mohawk, jet black, beautifully combed, and a tattoo on the right side of his head where the hair would normally be. Obviously, that's why he has the mohawk, to show off the tattoo. And I just thought he was absolutely sexy as fuck. I mean, I would have rolled all over that, upside down, backwards, to Connecticut and California and back, I think. So, in my usual fashion, I go by and then go by again and circle around the section where he's at and come around for the third time really hoping he would offer me a smile or say something like hi and I could comment on his tattoo even though I probably should have had the balls to say something anyway so as I'm approaching I summon up the courage I think to finally say something just to comment on his tattoo when I looked down into my grocery cart, realizing that I had an eight roll of Charmin toilet paper. So yeah, that can make it a little bit awkward for a conversation if their eyes keep looking down at the toilet paper. So I kind of just moved on. Isn't it interesting how today they no longer call it toilet paper, they actually call it bathroom tissue. <laughs> Sinners and saints, welcome to the latest edition of Alan After Dark. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're feeling sexy. I hope you are horny if you want to be. I know I am. I think tonight I want to talk about, well, let's call it a confession. Maybe multiple confessions. I want to talk about probably the biggest lie I've ever told and I want to explain why I told it. So let's take a trip back in time to when I told the biggest lie of my life. If you remember the first episode of Alan After Dark, I had mentioned how I had a best friend who was a girl who had a crush on me and I finally told her that I was gay. Well, that's only part of the story. Part of this lie is exacerbated by her. Now let me explain. Even though I do live here in Tennessee in the fanatical Bible Belt, I had hope that my friends, well the ones that I thought were friends, were intelligent enough, smart enough to not be so judgmental of someone who might be gay. I thought that they understood the basics of biology, science, and that attraction, for the most part, is probably, probably has a genetic component. 
but boy was I wrong. When I had realized that I was gay, I desperately wanted to come out. I wanted to be able to live my life out in the open without judgment, without fear of repercussions, without violence. But I didn't really know how to approach it. I mean, that may sound silly, but I'm a 13-year-old boy. I had the suspicions and the fears that coming out could be very dangerous. So one day in English class, and I mentioned this before too, that I thought English teachers would be more progressive even back in the 90s or even the 80s. The subject of homosexuality came up in class and the teacher proceeded. This was a female teacher, about five foot one inches tall, very meek and mild-mannered, but very intelligent, I thought. She proceeded to describe it as disgusting and filthy and allowed other other kids to chime in how horrible it was, that it was basically demonic. So I kind of knew there that I'm like, well, I have to be really careful with my approach. Sometimes a teacher, students will go along with what a teacher says. It's a form of peer pressure, if you ask me. And that's what I was assuming naively that maybe while they might have said something or, or joined along with the teacher in their supposed disgust of gay people, that maybe they were just going along with the crowd. So I thought, well, my best friend who was a girl, I thought maybe there was a way I could use her to sort of slip out of the closet with slow steps, not right away. I really wanted to test more of the environment. I guess a dumbass English teacher who was gay bashing wasn't enough to convince me that maybe it wasn't a good idea to come out of the closet. So anyway, we were at the, 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 the men's, the boys basketball team, we were in the basketball playoffs. We were like moving up toward the quarterfinals and we had the home advantage. So we had this guest team there hosting a guest team for this this game we were there i was there my family was there i was there and my best friend she rode with us to the game so she was hanging out with us basically i was the ride home for her so we got our asses kicked the other team was beating our ass and i don't know what came over me but we were getting ready to leave the game and i had to go i had to go pee so i went to the boys room and i thought maybe this is my chance to try something so when I come out of the bathroom, we're leaving, and I just say, oh my God, there were two boys from the other school in the bathroom, and I walked in on them kissing. And my mom was like, just don't talk about that. I don't know why you brought that up even. Why? And my best friend, she was like, really? That was happening in the bathroom? I'm like, yes, it was really something. And she goes, well, that's really, wow, that's really something to think about. And the conversation kind of died right there. So I was like, well, I guess this lie that I just told, just to see, just to gauge their opinions, didn't do anything. I thought that game was a Tuesday night. So the next day we had school. And by midday, I had people coming up to me saying, did you see two, two boys from the other school kissing in the bathroom? I'm like, what? Well, your friend is telling us, told us in home ec that you saw two guys kissing in the, in the, in the, the boys room. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't want to really, really want to talk about it. 
They're like, God, that's just gross and disgusting. And I don't know how many times I was approached that day asking me if it was true. And I basically doubled, tripled, quadrupled down saying, yes, but it was disgusting. I don't want to talk about it. And I thought I would have put that whole thing to bed, but I don't have that kind of luck. Okay. By the end of the day, it seemed to have calmed down. And I was like, well, maybe I did put a, a stop to it. There's not much more to talk about on that. Yes, I, I saw these two guys. They were kissing, but that was it. And I would let the lie just die and hopefully we could move on. And I wasn't about to come out of the closet then after the reaction I got. Well, as sure as day follows night on the school bus home, I was approached by five or six different people, mostly guys. Did you fucking see two faggots kissing in the boys' room? And I'm like... I don't want to talk about it, okay? It was a thing that happened, and that's that. And they were like, God damn, faggots in our school. I can't fucking believe it. I really can't fucking believe it. I wish I had known then I'd have beat the hell out of them right then. <laughs> so at this point, I think you all realize that the situation was spiraling out of control, and I had created this fucking pandemonium based on a lie. I created a monster out of nothing and it was all my fault but I thought well I got home it died down on after they vented a little while about how much they hated gay people I thought well then this will die down and it'll be forgotten now but no no I'm at home after dinner the phone rings and my mom answers and she calls out Alan it's for you and I answer it, and it's from one of the boys in elementary school. He's like in the 8th or 7th or 8th grade. He says, I just heard that you saw two guys from the other school kissing in the bathroom, and you said that everybody from that school is like that. Every person from that school is, is queer. And I'm like, I didn't say that at all. He goes, well, I want you to know that I've got family that goes to that school, and that's not true, and you're not a nice person for saying that. And I'm like, it was just a joke. I wasn't, I didn't mean that everybody that goes to that school is gay. He goes, well, well, good. You better make sure that everybody knows that. I'm like, I don't know what the you're talking about exactly, but I never said that, and I never said that everybody in the in that school was gay. Anyway, he hung up on me, and my mom heard me say, it's just a joke. And she goes, what's the joke? And I'm like, nothing, nothing. And she goes, you're not going to tell me? I'm like, nothing. The guy heard something wrong, and I just had to say it was a joke because he wouldn't believe anything else. She goes, do I need to expect more phone calls? I'm like, I don't think so. Well, I hope not, she said. And I'm like, well, I hope not either because this is totally nothing, and they've just made it something. So if you're wondering at this point, do I regret ever doing that? Well, the answer is, you damn skippy, I'd regret it. I should never have thought that that would have been a smart way to test the waters. But, stupid me. What else can I say? I did a stupid thing. I paid the price of putting myself deeper in the closet when the goal was to bring myself out of the closet. So, yeah, I felt like a total fucking idiot creating a train wreck that didn't need to happen. But... As with all things, that finally did fade away after a couple of days, and I realized very, very quickly 
yeah, lesson learned that this was not going to be a place that I could live openly as a gay teenager. There was just no way I could do that. So I stayed in the closet. It was after this point that me and my best friend who was a girl, we stayed friends and it was finally after a while that I did tell her that I was gay. And she didn't even remember my lie about the two boys kissing in the bathroom after a basketball game. And if she's listening to this podcast and she recognizes that it's her, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to mislead you, but I really did have a genuine goal there, hoping that maybe the response wouldn't have been that way. And I could have myself tiptoed a little bit further out of the closet. I guess you could say that's all water under the bridge now, isn't it? That's all lube off of the condom, isn't it? Or something stupid like that, right? Right. I have a feeling a lot of you are are thinking to yourself, that's the biggest lie you ever told? Really? You didn't even provide a name of the boys that were kissing or anything. You just labeled a school and Well, I think it was, I mean, I still feel guilty about it for whatever reason, because I actually joined along pretending to be disgusted. And that bothers me to this day that I did that. But you have to remember, I was 13 years old, give or take, and I faced the possibility of being homeless. I could easily have seen my parents throwing me out of the house and leaving me on my own. And I don't think any of my aunts or uncles would have taken me in either. So while I was still trying, testing the waters, wanting to come out of the closet, I also made a a conscious decision to protect myself as well. I needed to get my education. I needed a place to stay. I needed food. I knew that I needed to do certain things. I needed to survive. I needed to hang on, live through that crap to come out in a better place. And I will go into the whole coming out part. And my my story is probably unique in a lot of ways, even though it's probably not unique. And that'll be, I think that'll be for a different episode because I'll have to think about whether or not I want to talk about parts of that. Like I said, I'm just not a lucky person who gets to do things like one, two, three, four, five, six. That's how we do it. Mine's more like a, a broken glass, and we do it 10, 6, 4, 9, 8, 1, 3. Everything winds up being chaos or pandemonium, where in certain instances, my sexuality became a weapon used against me. And so I've got to, I'll need to think about it before I want to talk about that whole story because uh, there's some wounds there. There's a lot of bruises that are still there over my coming out. And well, let's just say that we have a wonderful don't ask, don't tell policy in a lot of ways, even though everybody's been told, but let's just not talk about it. That sort of situation. And, but to get into those nitty gritty details, I'll have to be prepared for it, and right now I'm not ready to go into some of those details. So, maybe not the biggest, baddest lie, but it was a rumor that did damage that 
was unintended. And isn't it funny? I always find it very peculiar about boys in high school, even the so-called gay-bashing redneck hillbillies that I went to school with, that in certain instances, they would act gay, they would do physical things that were supposed to be funny, and I'm like, where does that really come from? You know, would they all laugh at it? It's like, are they mocking it, or are they acting out in a way that comes off as humor or comedy or mockery when they really mean it? I think it could be a combination. I just remember one time one of the guys faking fellatio on one of the other guys, and they were all just, it was a guffaw. They were just roaring with laughter, and I'm like, well, that was kind of hot. And um, But I couldn't just jump in and say, come on, boys, I'll do you, because the doing would have happened probably, along with a lot of physical violence, and like six on one, and six on one, not in a good way, if you know what I mean. After I graduated high school, I did stay in touch with a couple of classmates. We would write letters to each other. One of the girls, I literally went to school with her every year from the first grade all the way through to graduation in high school. We had known each other that whole time. That's a long time to know someone. And we continued to write each other for a little while after we graduated high school. And I did decide to tell her that I was gay. And boy, once again, another mistake. She wrote back that I would break my mother's heart and that it was wrong and that based on her beliefs, I would go to hell and I shouldn't, I didn't deserve to go to hell, that I was a nice person and that I'd been deceived by some sort of demonic entity. So that kind of killed that. And I wondered if she would out me, but she never did, as far as I know. I do hear through my mother from a, another classmate who still lives in the hometown where we were raised. She told my mother that she wondered why I never came to reunions or any kind of celebration they had. And the honest answer always is, is that I have no feelings toward any of them anymore. That was a long time ago. They bear no meaning or factor in my life now. They wouldn't accept me then. I don't want their acceptance now. And that's just how I am. I guess as we get close to maybe ending this episode, I will tell one more story about a lie that I told in taking a chance. And this is with the pastor's son at our church. Now I can't explain it, but I had the hots for the pastor's oldest son. There was just something about him that appealed to me. And one day I just got it in my head that I thought that maybe he was interested in some extracurricular activities. It was a Sunday and I knew that that the family was planning this long walk from the house to the lake that was nearby. And we were all going to go. We were going to meet some of my cousins and we were all going to walk down. And that would be a walk that takes a couple of hours. Well, I decided I was going to try to get into the preacher's son, get into his pants. We'll call him, let's just call him Jay. And I thought I devised a plan. Here we go again, I know. I devised a plan that I thought would give me a shot at getting him naked. So I pretended to be sick and not really wanting to go on the walk. And so 
my mother said, are you sure you're, I, we could take you to the doctor, the emergency room. I'm like, no, no, I think I just have an upset stomach. I think something that I ate at the restaurant has made me sick. And they're like, okay, well, you don't mind us going for the walk? I'm like, of course not. I'll just lay in bed here and just sleep this off. So I gave them about 15 minutes or so to get down the road. And I decided to call the pastor's son, Jay, call their house and invite him to come over and play basketball. Now, you might be wondering, basketball? Well, a lot of times he would drive by and I'd be playing basketball. We had a nice little court that we had at the house and he would drive by, he would see me playing and sometimes he would pull in and we would play one-on-one. And I just remember the time before that I made this decision the time before that I had kind of reached and grabbed him in the promised land. My hand was on his dick, okay? God, okay? I was trying to be subtle with my language there because I thought it would be funny, but you know, nah. I had a hold I had a hold of his dick and he did not resist. He didn't. So I was thinking, well yeah, that was from contact in playing basketball, but maybe that meant something. So I give him a call. Well, his brother answered the phone and he's like, Alan? I'm like, yeah. I was just wondering, well, is Jay around? He goes, yeah, hold on a minute. And he comes back. He goes, I'm sorry, he's tied up. What, can I have him call? What, what is it you need? Or can I have him call you? I was like, well, I was just going to invite him over to play some basketball. He goes, all right, I'd tell him. And he hung up. Well, he didn't come over and I was really embarrassed. The next Sunday at church, the brother has to bring it up. He goes, you know that I was trying to sleep and you woke me up when you called last week and I just waited for my mom to turn around and look, but she never did. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened there. And that was my close brush with a problem. And when he kind of outed me on the phone call and probably outed me on lying about being sick, that's when I realized I had to get better at what I was doing and that there was no point in trying that again after a couple of times over a few years there a couple of years I kind of learned my lesson well sort of but maybe that's a story for another time in closing this episode of Alan After Dark I do want to give a special shout out to Laura Ann Carlton if you haven't heard She ran a shop in Cedar Glen, California, and she was an LGBTQIA ally, and she flew pride flags outside her business. Well, Laura Ann Carlton was murdered by a fascist pig that disparaged her for having the pride flag in front of her business. She had confronted him for ripping down the flag in front of her business, and he murdered her in cold blood. I just want to say a special thank you to Laura Ann Carlton of Cedar Glen, California. May you rest in power. Thank you for joining me. For another episode of Alan After Dark. I hope you've had some fun. I hope you've been entertained. Remember, take life by the balls and be real. We'll see you soon.
Thank you.